Hello to our listeners and viewers. This is Big J. During this time, there have been protests worldwide over the murder of George Floyd by Minneapolis police officer Derek Chauvin in broad daylight and on camera. The protest for justice and against police brutality has been met with more police brutality. This has happened against citizens, journalists, and state and local politicians. Many people are peacefully protesting, but doing so in harm's way due to police officer attacks and escalations. This is also being done under the encouragement of the current administration, where there is no leadership or protections for the citizens to exercise their rights under the Constitution. That's why myself and co-host Dag and Watney want to make you aware of two organizations that are trying to help the people combat the systemic brutality that we face in the U.S. with our militarized police force, Act Blue and the National Bail Fund Network. They're raising bail funds and legal aid along with other organizations to help activists seeking justice for George Floyd and other victims of police brutality. Please consider donating to these causes. Beyond Trek Podcast thanks you for your support. Hi, I'm Marina Sirtis, and you're going boldly with Beyond Trek Podcast. This is Beyond Trek Podcast, your source for Star Trek on social media and around the web. I'm Big J. I'm Watney. And I'm Dag, the Trivia Master. You can find us on Facebook at Beyond Trek Podcast and on Twitter at Beyond Trek Pod. Not a red alert. Isn't it kind of ironic that we are recording tonight and it's, what's today, June 18th, 2020. And that's a special day, isn't it, Dag? It is. It is. It's the... Uh... It's the uh, Pluto's in retrograde. Uh, <laughs> well, Pluto's not a planet. But it's also, it's also the day that we're recording our retrospective on Picard. Yes. Well, and I'm Big J here with Dag and Watney. So we're going to talk about Picard and Star Trek Picard. And oh, I love these graphics you do. This is, this is nice. And look at that uniform. Look at this uniform Dag is wearing. Where did you get that? That is nice. This, Starfleet uh, Academy, the, of course. Yeah, what Watney said. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, these are now available on eBay. Mm -hmm. uh, they've got the Admiral's uniform as well as the regular uh, non-Admiral's varieties. Um, and they're really nice. And there's a lot of people on Twitter who also have the Fleet Admiral uniform, and I love them. Well, it's very sharp. It's very nice. I like it. And I like the, the eyepiece that you've got there. Uh, yes, that was Etsy. Oh, I love this to death. And it's got kind of, you've got yeah. kind of a synth look to you. Well, maybe not that, but well, it's an XB. Borg. Yeah, you're an XB. Since Picard is my favorite XB admiral, I thought I would <laughs> give a shout out. You want to start us uh, off? Yeah, yeah. Let's go ahead and do this. All right. Um, wait a second. Uh, Jay, there's some kind of weird interference coming on. What's going on? Uh-oh. Oh, what, what is it's this? It's Borg. Oh, no. It's, it's Locutus. It's Locutus. Oh, Why God. is it Locutus? It's the 30th anniversary oh. of Best of Both Worlds. Today is the 30th anniversary. Oh, my God. Wow. Big Jay, do you feel old? Oh my God. Because I Thanks. Do. Thanks. No, I didn't until you said that. So 
Um, you so, know, thank uh, you very much. Viewers, I just turned 30. Um, Wait a April minute. April of this year, 2020 of our Lord. Um, and so to hear that best of both worlds came out after I was born makes me think I was born on the right side of history. <laughs> what, like a month and a half after you were born? Mm -hmm. Oh, my God. Yeah. Womp, womp, womp. Yes, I, f I feel old. Oh, Jesus. Time. That is just. Marches on. You suck. Okay. No, you. I know. know. Why would you have to do that to me? Why? Ah, <laughs> uh, because it's fun, Jay. Friends. I, I can't, Friends. but I can't believe 30, 30 years ago, that is very hard because sometimes I forget that, yeah, I'm, I'm that old, but 30 years ago today was when we were introduced to Locutus of Borg. And I remember every moment of, of that day, that episode and, and watching it, uh, that was a huge cliffhanger then. And I've, I've got to tell you watching that. And this was back when you had to wait a whole summer before you would see what would happen next. And mm -hmm. that was the longest summer I had ever been through because it, it ended with the uh, uh, Mr. War fire from Riker fire. and goes to be continued. And, you know, I was I was in so much shock that I did something that now seems very irrational, very silly. I was recording it on, on VHS. And so I stopped recording and I rewound it and played it again, thinking somehow it would continue on like I just, I couldn't. I couldn't grasp that this was a cliffhanger that they had done this to me. Yes. And I'm, I'm, and I'm sitting there watching the end credits just with my mouth hanging open. Like, no, I can't believe they did this. Well, and you know, uh, they did not, they didn't know if Patrick Stewart was going to return for the, the fourth season. That was, that was kind of in the, uh, up in the air. And that was one of the motivations behind this because there was that possibility that uh, that Patrick Stewart was, was not so, going to continue. So that's the first I've ever heard of that. What's the mm -hmm. the tea there? What was his like? I might leave. Was it because like you wanted more money or what? Um, you, you know, I I would have to. I'm a little foggy on the details, but I I do recall. Uh, I want to say it was a there was a TV Guide magazine that I read at the time and there was, it, it was just the way it was worded was that, that was, that was a little bit up in the air. Like it, it wasn't a solid thing that he would be returning and it probably was over money. So you look, are you looking it up, Doug? Of course I am. <laughs> <laughs> so for, for our Star Trek Picard retrospective, of course, we're going to talk about, Picard. Yes. It's been a it's been a long line. It's yep. a long road. You yeah, say. it's been a long yeah. road from there to here. Done a lot of retrospectives. I, I don't think anyone can tell us that we didn't thoroughly dissect the entire yeah. season of, of Picard. Yeah. So yeah, in fact, I've talked in circles at some at some points just about the show and season one of Picard. Captain Jean-Luc Picard. Well, you saved the best for last. 
it, it really is difficult too, because in this retrospective series, we have talked about relationships between characters and then gone on to talk about the, another character in, in another episode with a relationship to a character that we've already discussed mm-hmm. in the previous episode. Mm-hmm. And looking at it from the perspective of that character can sort of help us shed light on that character's motivations and how they approached those relationships. And here we are in our final episode of this Picard season one retrospective. And we're looking at Jean-Luc Picard with whom we all have 30 plus years of history. Um, And we're seeing where he is 20 years after the death of data. And he is, you know, tremendously racked with guilt over uh, data sacrifice uh, but he is still on his winery, uh, just chilling, um, sort of retired, a lot of angst. Um, he's very frustrated. Starfleet sort of betrayed its ideals, kicked him to the curb, and he's been living as a retired Federation citizen ever since. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, I was, I was going to say there's there's kind of a lot of things that he's that he's dealing with. One is uh, still grieving over the loss of data. And to add on top of that, he's more than a decade into uh, the time where he gave Starfleet a, a choice. And we, we didn't have the full details right in that first episode, but he had given Starfleet a choice to uh, accept his backup plan for saving the Romulans or accept his resignation. And they went with the, the resignation. So... Here he is on his on his vineyard. Uh, he's got not not so much alone. I mean, he he does have uh, his his dog number one, which is nice. So he has has a companion uh, and his two Romulan friends. But he's he's doing what he likes, though. He, he's always had a passion for the uh, family, which he kind of picked up more. Uh, as a result of uh, after the events of best of both worlds. Um, so, you know, I was, I was glad that he found something and was on this, the vineyard, but when he meets Dodge, that it seemed like that spark in Picard came back. He got, he got that, that, that purpose he had, he had a mission. You know what I mean? Yeah, he was really, like, still kind of dreaming about Data. I mean, playing games with him in his old favorite starship and probably his favorite seat in the bar and not wanting the game tent. So we enter the next act of Picard's life as viewers watching him kind of like he says later on in like a couple episodes in he says he was waiting to die right um and so that's a hard thing to swallow like thinking about your one of the most beloved characters in all of media (laughs) um much less sci-fi much less star trek itself so um yeah, it was a, it's very hard to watch and um you know, your your character your favorite character like I said go through those kind of emotions, but um yeah, once he meets Dodge, he's like 
and then dodge like dies in front of him which do you remember when i said like early on that dodge was gonna come back i do remember you saying that yes and i tried to convince you that she thoroughly and completely blew up i did not see where you were <laughs> they going made a point with... to say like one single atom so i thought that maybe like they they didn't leave a trace of her left like nothing was left right not... well, um, but, but she had a twin that, that we found out so so technically she did come back yeah yeah period so yeah. and that's what set him off on his mission yeah second calling or maybe a 12th calling by this point in his career things had winded down he's the old he was it what is the the trope in the western the retired sheriff coming back for one more ride off into the sunset yes one more ride in the sunset what wily or like moment. clint eastwood from unforgiven it's it's kind of the, <laughs> the, the feeling the vibe that i was getting from it I wanted to take a moment to remind us of Laris and Jabin, who mm -hmm. uh, served uh, on his uh, his estate. Um, Talshiar officers who gave us the exposition about the Jadbash. Um, I really appreciated Laris's character, and I felt the way that they played these three together. Um, Patrick Stewart really sold me on these are old friends. Mm -hmm. I liked her acting and characterization, but she's a Romulan, right? Well, this is the first time that we had really seen Romulans played this way. Uh, right. I mean, Not they... in like, a, I'm going to betray you. I'm the USSR. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Like, Standard yeah. issue haircut with the pillow shoulder pads. <laughs> yep. Or... Pillow shoulder pads. Yeah. yeah. Although they did the, the more like the meanie mean Romulans in Picard definitely got the shoulder pad treatment in a great way. Mm -hmm. They modernized the Romulan 90s look. Um, <laughs> yeah. For sure. But it's like weird to me because um, this Romulan woman is supposed to be like, she explains that Romulans don't use anything more complicated than a calculator. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, and I'm then not, she can mm. somehow hack in and they have this device that can literally molecularly reassemble a crime scene as the crime is happening yep. make it make sense yep that's all i'm gonna say well it, it was it, it was what was needed to drive the plot and get Picard started Stop in, in his action. I it's get plot it. i know why they did it that's the only reason they did it they oh yeah those things are banned they're not only are they banned but they're inaccurate she's like ha that's what we wanted you to think we're super fucking smart except for i yeah i, I here i have a calculator in my back pocket it's the most advanced thing i own yeah, the calculator just happens to you know reconstruct the material residuum as well but it, it was what well, wasn't that photonic residuum or something photonic. yeah something think, like that yeah it was I residuum was just, is a word i definitely remember because i'm like that's not a word yeah. <laughs> um it, it's it's like i can't remember how they figured out this is where dodge lived i can't remember how they figured out 
um oh my god it's just it's it was a while ago that we watched the first episode but i clearly just remember being really confused about it like yeah there was definitely um some strange elements to how they got to dodge's place and you know, yeah, okay, so we reconstructed the material conti continuum, but then we just realized that whoever killed Dodge put a blocker there, so that couldn't be done. So we invented this really cool contraption that couldn't do anything anyway. So we had to hack into Dodge's computer and find out that she had a twin sister somewhere. So, you know, knowing she was a synth, we went and talked to the Daystrom Institute to see, hey, synths, and Gerardi was like, oh, Maddox built these things, and there's, they're usually done in clones. And that's when Picard was like, oh, there's two. Okay, where's the second one? We have to go find Maddox, and so on and so forth. So, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. <sighs> Makes sense. Um, but yeah, Picard really started this, this beginning. I, I felt the tired old man. And then as soon as Dodge comes into his life, he's reinvigorated, and it is that trope again. He is ready to roll. It's a call to action. I think there's, um, is it Joseph Campbell's The Hero Cycle? And, you know, this was yet another call to which Picard responds. The quest um, of the hero. You know, we also find out that he is suffering from some strange illness that is going to kill him. And so while we're watching this, you know, cr critically aware that whatever is happening over the course of these episodes is dangerous. Ultimately, he's going to die anyway. I don't think a lot of us were super ready for how that was portrayed, and we'll talk about that. But um, <laughs> I, I definitely wasn't expecting it. And um, well, you all know my opinion on that if you've listened to the other episodes. Um, well, you mean with his his impending possible demise? Well, just the way that they handled his conclusion in the overall story, you know. And we have a we have a, a short discussion on that towards the end of this presentation, um, where we talk about life and death and his ultimate resolution with himself and mm -hmm. Data. Um, but yeah, no, he's he's like hellbent on figuring out where Soji is. And so he calls up an old friend and he's like, hey, I need a, I need a pilot. And Rafi sends him up to Rios. And, uh, you know, we realize that these are people who are sort of living on the dregs of Federation society. Um, Picard's desire to get off world is the excuse the narrative needs to show us that everything isn't all pretty in this world. <clears throat> um, but Picard gets pretty pissed at that Admiral for basically saying, no, you can't have another Starfleet ship, are you insane? Uh, with much more colorful metaphors. Oh, yeah, they were pretty colorful. Um, there's, <laughs> there's one of these kitty. We miss the kitty. Evie. And my combat was all jacked up. Why, why didn't you guys tell me it was Honestly, crooked and just fixed it? It's been a day. Oh, come on. Um, you never pay attention to how I look. You look fantastic. Whatever. Jay, if we did have a problem with how you look, we'd tell you. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm super yeah, jealous. And... Jay's got the first contact uniform. I don't have the first contact uniform. And Jay's is custom tailored, and I yes. can't 
do that. That's amazing. <laughs> I, but your, I think yours looks better. So sorry, sorry to sidetrack you on on that. So uh, no, if, and honestly, it's a great time to mention that if you're listening to this on Anchor.fm or any of our audio syndications on like Spotify, for example. We have a YouTube channel. That's what we keep referencing. Um, we have these discussions live and we record them and post them so you can watch us talk. Uh, we are also playing alongside us screenshots and GIFs and clips from the series. Um, so come check us out on YouTube. Thank you, Wani. Of course. My pleasure. Now, where were we? Talking about sheer fucking hubris? <laughs> well, yeah, we just, just went past that. And, and uh, Picard's now trying to wine and dine Raffi to uh, oh, help yeah. out his mission. Yeah, he knows definitely how to manipulate her uh, yeah. with the wine, which I can't say I'd say no either. Um, I could be completely pissed at you. And if you came to me with like a pizza asking for a favor I, that might soften me up yeah that or yeah give me a pizza with that crispy chocolate chip cookies top. or a steak macaroni and cheese yeah i mean food Mac and cheese food's Ew. my weakness uh, for those of you listening please don't be hungry right now <laughs> <laughs> you know there is this uh weaving element through picard that he has strained a lot of his relationships with these people Mm -hmm. um the admiral just wasn't having any of his crap raffi was ticked off at him for what happened in their mutual past rios had been kicked out of starfleet and basically was like i'm done with starfleet don't talk mm -hmm. to me yeah um gerardi was sort of like naively going along with it elnor was pissed because he had abandonment issues um Seven didn't care about him because he she saw him as a cowboy when she was just trying to take care of people who were struggling to to live. Um, that's just an element that constantly recurs through Picard as he is having to battle this opposition. Honestly, I think it's a lot to do with his pride. Um, I think Picard is a prideful person. He is. And... Um, when we see so let's go back to the examples we see him with the admiral she's pissed because of the interview he did um we go to rafi she's pissed because she feels she felt abandoned by him after um she basically got fired because she, for guilty by association basically mm -hmm. and picard's living in the you know, the big old mansion and she's in a modular home. In why is she upset about that? This is a post-scarcity society. She can. So why doesn't she have a vineyard? Why doesn't she just go live where the hell? Yeah. Well, but okay. That's well, a whole other discussion. We talked about that in the Raffi episode. What, we did. It, yeah. I think she does kind of self and like self punish herself a little for right. her own failed relationships, like her with her family. But we, we talked about that. Uh, what was the other example? Um, specifically towards Picard, Elnor. Yeah. Right. Elnor, he's abandoned to you. Picard comes to basically be like the white savior <laughs> in the Romulan culture and doesn't pan out well for him. 
Uh, it doesn't. You know, it's like he burned a lot of bridges. He did. He, it, but by way of neglect. Right. You know, um, and that's kind of what we see towards. Well, we see him kind of come full circle towards the end of TNG, where he's like, "I should have done this a long time ago." Yeah. And you would think that he kind of like carried. He would have carried that forward. Mm-hmm. Um, but we learn he didn't do that. He did with the TNG group. Uh, maybe not like Jordy, who we never saw, <laughs> or, um, you know any of the other main casts but yeah i i think that there's a lot of backtracking he kind of did in picard and i think a lot of it was because of the synth attack and the romulan son it really demoralized him it did it really did and he kept he was an idealist for so long and um I said this before elsewhere, but being an idealist in space gives me very vivid imagery of someone trying to boil a bathtub with their eyeballs. Ooh, ow! It's impossible, right? <laughs> because space is cruel. Well, and um, idealism doesn't accept the flawed nature of organic beings. And I, I, th- I think uh, you're right. And. It finally caught up. He couldn't talk his way out of something. And so here we see him dejected for years and years. Um, I'm curious why he didn't just go to Nepenthe and live with uh, Troy and Riker. Yeah. I feel like that would have been way more fun. I I feel like that would have been maybe a little awkward. Just a little bit. I, I don't know. It'd be like... I, I I don't know. It's I, healing Earth. Well, uh, yeah, yeah, that's that's true. But so here's here's how I what I think of of where he's at. It, it's that Picard was not used to losing. He was not used to mm-hmm. not being able to solve something, talk his way through something to to diplomacy his way into any situation he needed. And I got the impression that uh, besides failing the the first time to enter the academy and losing Jack Crusher on the Stargazer uh, and and losing the Stargazer, that he hasn't hadn't really had any. Well, then yes, he was assimilated by the Borg, but it it, it was like he didn't have any losses on his record and he was probably maybe maybe got overconfident of himself in that mm-hmm. I'm Jean-Luc Picard and things are just supposed to go a certain way because I will them to and then you start you start stacking these these losses first you he, he loses data um, then at some point he takes he takes his promotion admiral that Kirk told him not to do um, and, and so then he, then he loses, has to, uh, ends up resigning from Starfleet. So it just went on a, a downward spiral for him. And that, that's where we get to where, like what Dag said, or I think Lonnie said, he's just, he's waiting to die. You know, he was used to winning and then started suffering some losses and it was, uh, it was a bit too much, um, Especially when he went to talk to 
the CNC about getting a ship and got turned down there. It's, it's, I, the, the feeling that I got from him after that was that even, even at that moment, he still felt as if with, with who I am and my name, that I should be able to talk my way into making this happen. And then he gets shut down again. So, and now he gets to dress up as a smuggler on free cloud space pirate space pirate <laughs> yeah that that's got me in a pensive state of mind thinking about the way you said that uh i'm thinking like you know he was a starfleet was a part of his life for over 50 years and he probably got really used to that regimented command structure yes and and now he's working outside of that and we the audience get to be the witnesses to how life works outside of that command structure when you have been entrenched in it for more than half your life. Some things just don't go away. You, you know, it's when it's a part of your life for so long, it just, especially yeah. after that long, it, it doesn't just, just go away. Yeah. He's, um, reminds me of this, uh, tool lyric or lyrics about a warrior struggling to remain consequential mm -hmm. as he ages and um kind of like his the best days are behind him kind of thing which is a very scary thought and i think picard was kind of feeling that after that like serious loss he just spent a lot of time spending time thinking <laughs> right it's good words and the, the the other thing that shocked me a little bit and i may be the only one who who thought this but i was looking forward of course to uh, his reunion with hugh in which we have some some video clips of of that playing but the the trauma and ptsd that that he showed in regards to seeing the Borg cube, which which they're calling the artifact, and then the thought of going back on going on to a Borg cube and just being there, I, it was it was great that we that we saw that. Um, well, I don't mean great as in yeah, that's awesome that he's having PTSD. And the the portrayal of how he felt with it, I thought was good. It just it felt a little bit out of nowhere. And here's why I, I, I say that because uh, in, in first contact, and I, I know it was, it was different. First contact was first contact, but it, it didn't seem like he was, he seemed to be more affected about the thought of being on a Borg cube around the Borg more here in the, in, in during the show than he did the last time he dealt with them in first contact. Now, granted, he was not on a board cube. It could be a different trigger because in first contact, he was, he was on the enterprise. I don't know if that helped. The board themselves are the trigger. Right. Like, right. 
I was just surprised. Sure the collective comes forward. It's like the whispers begin and he thinks he's there and the dreams start. And it's like before anything even happened in first contact, he was having a dream mm -hmm. about it. Yeah. It's like he's definitely still connected. Like... And it just it yeah. it just felt like his his reactions and how he handled it, it seemed to be that it got worse, you know, because it was mm -hmm. it was played up a lot more, which I don't have a problem with. I, I don't. It's it's just when you when you take his last interaction, which was in, which was in first contact, and then now, um, and those two events were separated by easily. 20 years, close to 20 yep. years. Mm -hmm. I don't know. It, 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 to me that that's, that seemed to be a little jarring for me was that, uh, his, his anxiety and, uh, PTSD of, uh, over the board got worse in that 20 year span. I'd like to think that in first contact, he was a little bit like Kirk. He didn't think he could really be hurt. He had the Enterprise. He had his crew with him. Mm -hmm. He had a phaser rifle with him. <laughs> um, he had a lot of confidence on that ship because he he knew his team. He knew it well. When he went on the board cube, he was alone. And he didn't know the Lord, that uh, Hugh was going to be there. He, he was alone. He was beaming down into an unknown situation. He's older. He's frailer. He's wearier. He's okay. He spent the last 14 years broken. That's a good point. He doesn't have data. Um, right. That, that's, again, that could be a stretch, but that's how also, my brain justifies it. Picard's not getting therapy for his PTSD. That's another good you point. You know he's not, he's not getting it treated because he's not getting his brain issue treated. Well, he's, he's, not he's stubborn. Doctor, but he's a stubborn guy. In fact, he says, I don't want to talk about it. If you talk about it to me, I'm going to be mad. Right. Yeah. So, so you know damn sure he's not seeing a therapist or anything. Yeah. He's much, much older. He's had it with him for much, much longer. And when you don't deal with things for a very, very long time, they tend to seem larger than life. Okay. So that's, that's kind of where my head's at, but yeah, absolutely. I mean, Yeah, he had a great connection with you, though. Yeah, yeah. The, the Hugh scene was super cute. Meeting yeah. him again. Who, whoever, whoever would have thought that we'd see Picard and Hugh again like this. Nobody. Which, right, because of the, the last time that they were, they were in a room together, Picard was contemplating sending him back to the collective with the... Uh, with a payload to to infect the collective. It was 28 years ago that we last saw Hugh in Descent. And uh, it was just, it was really cool when they announced it. And uh, it was one of the big reasons that I was invested in seeing it. Um, we miss you, Jonathan Del Arco. Please resurrect yourself. Come back for Buddy Cops, Elmore and Hugh, season one. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but then we end up on Depend. And Thank God. We get, our, we get our nostalgia dose. We get Riker. Uh, it's just like you're super hot, just like sitting in the sun, and then you just go jump in the pool. That's <laughs> like that. And it just, it's not shocking either. It's just cool and it feels good. It's like, 
thank God. It's the calm before this, the struggle. Yeah. And Picard um, needed this. He he needed this uh, this di- diversion here to to Nepenthe. And at the point in the season when this episode happened, there was just there was so much going on, mm-hmm. and this this episode just felt like it was it was slower. It 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 took its time, and that's and that's because it, it was the calm before the storm. It's like, you know, all this, all this shit's been happening. Things are, Picard's getting out of his element. He feels it. He knows it. And not only for him, but also for the audience, it was just kind of like a, all right, let's slow things down and just. And let's give huggies. And let's do hugs. Yeah. The shield's up. Red alert. And whatever. make pizza. From Riker was so good. I was like, this is the safe house scene, which is like my favorite heist scenes in movies. It was. Like when, yeah, they, they... when they go to the safe house and they're like, okay, we'll fucking hang out here for a bit. Restock, rest, and plan. Yes. And like that's the shit I love, like with like in the in the drama. It's like when everyone kind of gets together and like like decides how they're gonna move forward and bolsters themselves for what's coming and um yeah i think two things really really stuck out to me uh in the penth both involving each riker um obviously troy calls him out for not being himself um very vocally and loudly Whereas Riker, when he does it, does it more in a way of like, you need to get yourself together. Like, Mm -hmm. you need to realize who you are. Riker is very much like, you need to do the right thing. Whereas Troy is like, you need to be yourself. And it's two very, very like good points that kind of help him, I guess, find the way forward. Um, because you know Picard is kind of feeling ashamed talking to Riker. Why do you why do you think that? Why would he feel I don't ashamed? know. I just got the vibe that he was like I don't know. I got the, I just got the vibe. Hmm. Okay. He just felt like he knew he wasn't him his him's whole self. <laughs> his whole self. Like him's whole him's uh, whole self. <laughs> yeah, him's whole self. Period. Yep. Uh, so yeah, that's the, that's the Nepenthe vibes I got and Troy basically being herself, her lovely self, um, being kind of a therapist to Soji during her existential crisis. <laughs> like, uh, they couldn't have picked a better group of people. And then there's their daughter, Kestra, um, who kind of is like a hero thing with uncle Picard. Does she call him yeah. Uncle or she call him Captain? I don't know. Uncle Data. Uncle she Data. said Uncle Data, didn't she? Um, uh, maybe. I don't remember that. Possibly. She she may have said Uncle Data or That's what I'm calling him. Uncle Uncle Jean Luc. Totally got it. I I, I sponsor this. <laughs> yeah. Um It was it was a very beautiful, beautiful reunion. It was a beautiful reunion. I, for sure. I take a little bit of, uh, I don't know the word, I take a little bit of sadness away from this as well because you can tell that it has been a very long time since they've seen each other. 
And it almost feels like that family that we got to love over 15 years of the next generation from 87 to 02. And then just after, after data went, they went on the Titan and did their thing and Picard became an admiral and did that thing. And he's just been living on the ranch. It just kind of felt like that family Living fell apart. on the ridge. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I, I I have in retrospect looked at this as like this is a really heartwarming sequence, but it's also really sad that so much distance had been accrued between them. It it is, yeah. but the the thing with Picard is that he he's not a very outward and sociable person to begin with he's he always seems to favor the the reclusive side and mm -hmm. perhaps that's just he, he became a captain at a at a young age not not younger than i, I believe kirk was when kirk uh, took command of the enterprise i believe kirk was still the had the record for be, becoming uh, the youngest captain at what, 30, 31. Uh, yeah, yeah, early 30s. And Picard took command of the Stargazer. Uh, and from what I recall, he was not much older. So, and, and that was unexpected for, for uh, Picard to be in command that quickly. And that was because the, the captain and first officer of the Stargazer were killed. So he spent a lot of his life and a lot of his career as as a captain, and there are there are two different ways, uh, at least two different ways that you can be a captain that that I've seen. You can be a captain like Picard, who's kind of the more solitary um, in in his ready room alone, kind of put a shield up between himself and anyone around him. Or you could be a captain like Kirk, who is, uh, has trusted friends and, and, and has, has people that he talks to on that more personal level, mm -hmm. uh, like with, with Spock and McCoy. Uh, they, they called him Jim all the time. It was like they were, Jim, he's dead, Jim. Right, right. Like they, they were actual friends. Um, but with Picard, the the only one who uh, Beverly was really about the only one who ever called him Jean Luc. Um, yep. I'm I'm sure I I know Riker did at least one point. But the thing is, is that it it was not normal. McCoy and Spock no. calling Kirk by his name, my, my Jim, that, that was a normal thing. They, they, they did all, did it all the time, but it was yeah, very different. Because Jim Kirk was like a loosey goosey, just like, you know, throwing punches with both hands, mm -hmm. getting his shirt torn up and flirting. And like, he was a t cowboy. Yes. <laughs> Whereas Picard is like, Hey, what time is tea? Like it's, it's it's much much different. I'm gonna practice my flute in my spare time. It's like that is just such a stark difference. There's like so many walls that Picard has up. There were a lot of walls. A lot of walls, and honestly, like that's just his character. 
and you're right you know it, it, it just it's how he is and um we love him no matter what well you had your you had archer discover the wild west you had kirk live in the wild west mm-hmm. and then you had picard be a diplomat after the wild west had been mostly tamed yes very very good and, very good analogy the, the rules are very different between those three captains uh, about what they could and couldn't do archer was a bit more restrained until earth was on the line kirk had uh, that that bravado that kept things moving forward and picard was not kirk and i mean that there's a good amount of character creation that went into that on Roddenberry's part when he conceived of the next generation. He didn't want another Kirk on the bridge. Right. And they had to be they had to be very different people. And boy and were they generations was such a payoff. Well I Yeah, no, I I love the differences. I do. I do. It just yeah. it, it went so far in the opposite direction. And it it really made Picard come off as, as like a loner. But, uh, you know. And that's why Cisco punched Q. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and, when, and that's, and that's when, you, when you say, when you ask, well, why didn't Picard just live on the pinth with, with Will and Deanna? Well, it's easy because that's not the kind of person he is. It's not his personality. To, to but, be, uh, okay. Go ahead. Sorry. To to be to be alone and reclusive is more his personality than the awkwardness of of living in a house or living on the same planet with with these people or you know what living next door. They're the only ones he'd have to talk to and you know carry on a conversation. It it just he still has caretakers with him. First of all, yes. second of all, uh, he could very easily have his own home on Nepenthe and um, like just be neighbors at least have them there or be in the same fucking quadrant of the galaxy you know like there's also the notion that Picard developed through TNG to the end to not be as reclusive and defensive as we saw him uh in fact i would even say during like first contact he was a lot more like in the movies he was way more like rubbing elbows with the crew you know i think watney you have a really good point there and i'd like to propose that you know nepenthe is a good option he also could have gone to baku with Anish that he met in Star Trek Insurrection. And they fell in love and shared some trauma together. And, you know, the last thing he says to her is, I have like three years of leave coming up, but I'm going to take it. And Baku had the healing particles that could have rejuvenated him as well. So good options. Good pointing that out. I think I just didn't want to see him alone is my problem mm-hmm. with that. Much in the same way of I... You know, don't like to think about my parents being alone as I get older. True. Um, it's just like an emotional, like knee jerk thing. Like I don't want him to be alone. I want him to be happy in his like 
third act of his life with like people he cares about because he's done so much shit and we've watched it and we love him and we think he's come a long way you know like he cried to Deanna when his uh was it nephew yes his brother and his like, nephew died his brother and nephew died like they share a very strong bond him and beverly of all people share a very close relationship which i cannot believe we haven't seen or heard about her yet it makes me so mad that we have it because of oh my god there's more to come they they couldn't pack in too much on this this first season you know there there's still there's still hope there well there's there's a little difference though i think it's that he chooses to be alone i get what you're saying you you don't like to think of your your parents being alone or, or anything like that if it's a choice i think that's one thing if they they don't have that choice and they are are alone and don't want to be that's something kind of different. I don't see Picard as the kind of person that he's he's alone and he doesn't want to be, and he you know he wants to be around friends and around people, et cetera, et cetera. It is that this he chooses to be this way. No one's stopping him from living a normal yeah. life, but himself. Yeah, but he's wrong about yes. his own choices. Yeah, <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I'm saying because he had done so much development. Like he had had so much development over TNG until the end. And then like, well, he's ashamed. And then now. for what? And you did this for what? He's ashamed. Sure. That's fine. Yeah. I think that that's a great reason for him to be alone actually is because he's like, yeah, I did all this development and then like I have this huge like soul crushing loss. Well, and... he feels ashamed because yeah. he he basically the, the Romulan saw him as as their savior, their messiah. And he 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 felt like he personally let them down and he he just he couldn't recover from that. Yeah, he slipped into a spiral hard, and he didn't come out until Dodge called him to action. Possibly another distraction from that shame, or maybe feeling like he could redeem himself from that shame. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, either way, you know, we've discussed a lot of options that could have taken place, and it is um, interesting to say the the middleist uh that the writers chose to take him on this route well i mean watney he's not going to get a roommate it's not like bosom buddies he's 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 just not that kind of person are you saying that we couldn't afford to see will wheaton as a cameo on the winery like just kicking back drinking a bottle of wine being like hey john luke how's it going he's a traveler exactly he can be there whenever he wants exactly for sure (laughs) oh my god yeah, I mean, you know, it's like you have this character who started so low, like in the series, and despite always seeing him through, and then you have to go through the season one to see him fucking die and then <laughs> get mm-hmm. re reanimated in a freaking golem. I don't, 
I'm going to get to that point I, soon, I, I hope, because I got yeah, a lot okay. of stuff to talk about. There I know you the... do, so let's keep going. <laughs> um, so he, he meets Soji, right? Or do, yeah. are we there yet? Um, he meets you, Seven. Mean, that was like, fucking cool. You yeah. owe me a ship card. Like, that was fucking badass. I love that. I mean, Nepenthe takes us to the conclusion. We hop on La Serena, head towards Copelia Station, where everybody meets their fate, not necessarily a death. Um, and in sort of a, a hamstrung battle standoff where nothing really happens, Picard succumbs to his brain abnormality. Um, and uh, if, you're, if you're listening to us on, on the stream... Um, we've got an image up here of uh, Data's last goodbye from Nemesis, and then Picard's, you know, sort of talking to Data, telling that he never told Data that he loved him, and that, and Data telling him, you know, the value of mortality in humans. And then there's a static image of the Golem, which kind of looks like a Matrix version of a human being. He got the closure with with data, which he didn't he didn't get to have before. And I think that he was very lucky, <clears throat> excuse me, very lucky, very fortunate that how how often does anyone get that that second chance to say goodbye to someone? And for for Picard, I was happy for him because he he got to say all the things, talk about all the, all the last things he's, he's probably had on his mind over the, all the years since, since data died the first time. Um, so he can say those things. He, he can, he can discuss those kind of, kind of unresolved, you know, being able to say goodbye kind of things. I, I enjoyed every bit of, of the scene with with him getting getting to do that um so i've i've got no no complaints there with i, I think picard deserved to have that closure with with data to help him be able to move on with his life yeah it would it wasn't as like holy shit as like i thought it was gonna be after all the dreaming he was like doing about data like all of this was basically just to save a little bitty 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 piece of data. <laughs> you know, it was like the whole show is just if there's a chance that I can save one piece of data, then I'm going to mm. do it. And then he finally fucking sits down face to face with the guy and he's like, oh, hey, am I dad? <laughs> and it's like it's like a weird conversation that they it's not as like as impactful as i thought it was gonna be them meeting again it was great to see him again they were very obviously falling back into their roles together but um yeah I, I it was good to see and then um when he when oh my god when data dies that and was that was sad. He's sitting next to him in his TNG uniform. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <sighs> Period. So sad. Nebula. Yeah. <laughs> it really is sad. And as a viewer, you know, I obviously I projected my 
my needs in the moment to be like, Picard, what do you mean you can just walk away? This is the guy that you've been pining over for 20 years, and he's right there. And his last wish to you is, hey, let me die. And you could be like, hey, could you stick around for 20 more years and be my buddy? We can put you in a new body. I thought that's where they were going. I swear <laughs> all my money was on that we were going to get data in the golem uh, that, that they were going to take uh, Anton soon and, and like transfer his consciousness into the golem and, and then also no. take what was left of data and put it in there. I, I thought for sure oh my God, they were setting us up for CGI data. And I, I was, I was surprised they didn't go that route, but I, I thought that that was the way that they were going to have uh, for us to have our cake and eat it too, was to be able to have Brent Spiner still voice data, but have the, the actual physical character either be CGI or a, a close enough Brent Spiner looking slash data looking person doing the, the body that, that that's where I thought we were going. I thought we were, we were going to have that. I was actually surprised that that's what we did not get um, surprised, but not disappointed because after the fact I said, you know, would I have been happy with uh, uh, data 2.0 in the next season? And, and, and now he's, he's in the golem or, or whatever. Now you have um, Picard 2.0. Right. Now we have, Instead, we have Picard 2.0, and honestly, that gives a a whole lot more things to talk about and and, and ramifications. And it's it's just where do we go from here? I would like to say before we get into this, mm -hmm. I would like to say that Bruce Maddox got what he wanted. He uh, he got data in a cage to experiment with and create more datas. Oh, wow. Mm. Yeah, he did. That's In a it. manner of That's speaking, he, he did. Yeah. Um, so yeah. <laughs> yeah. That kind of, that kind of hit me too. Uh, you know, that was, that was a Watney it, uppercut it, right there. Yeah. <laughs> uh. <laughs> I heard it here. On BTP. Maddox yeah. succeeded 20 years later. So, so yeah. Uh, um, Picard, Picard dies. Yeah let's, yeah, let's talk about the death of Jean-Luc Picard, captain of the USS Enterprise. Yeah. It, so now, I've been waiting now all retrospective <laughs> to talk about this. Why don't you just say your piece? Go no, on. you go first. I, I will no, defer you. to you. Ladies first. No, you. No, you? Okay, fine. Um, <laughs> I'm so easily persuaded. Yes. Um, so I, I know we're going to have different differing opinions on this, so I'll just state what, what I think okay. um, philosophically. 
if Dad, I get comfortable. He's getting comfortable. After, like I'm gonna have to do the after referee. After a long, after a long day at work, I'm gonna really rub my two brain cells together and try and get this out. Um, this is why I wanted to do this tonight because I knew you worked and you'd be in a weakened state, oh, and I fuck, would be able to. Fuck, fuck, fuck. You got me. <laughs> that sucker. Jay, she's gonna she's gonna launch a verbal Hadouken on you. Watch out. <laughs> um. <laughs> so, Jean Luc Picard who we all have an emotional attachment to um, through TNG, through the films. Um, the man who played Locutus of Borg. The man who had uh, gotten into a fight with a Nausicaan in the Academy and had his heart stabbed through and has a... What is that? Duratanium. Duratanium heart. Duratanium heart. That man is dead. The combination of his mind, his brilliant mind, and his uh, lifelong mortal vessel that he carried with him, that combination is gone. The man that we knew is gone. They took a copy of his mind and put it in a golem in a synth. Now, the thing about his death that really upsets me is not so much that like he died. It's how he died. He died surrounded by people from La Serena, not anybody in particular who had been with him long you mean that uh, best six. friend who warped away 30 seconds ago? Yeah. Um, Riker was literally in orbit of the planet like moments before he said, Jean-Luc, you can take it from here. And then he left. Right. Well, and Jean-Luc again... was such a, such a reclusive person still that he said goodbye and then he went and he died like a cat <laughs> well you know and he he chose to tell Riker to go ahead and and head on out and he didn't didn't say anything because that's the, that nature of being reclusive just kicked in again um so yeah, he was obviously suffering mentally a great deal at the end of the season and they really, really primed us for Picard's death. I think early on with the diagnosis from the doctor who was on the star gazer. Yeah. Chaser. The doctor that was on the stargazer. Stargazer. Mm. Yeah. Um, so they primed us for his death and, even then, I was watching it. I was like, I can't believe this is happening right now. He's not going to die, but they're showing him die. I was like in disbelief that he was dying. And then also in disbelief that the writers were fucking killing Picard. I was like, oh, my God. Um, Because I knew that like from a logistics standpoint, writing, he was going to have to be in season two. So he wasn't really going to die, but they were killing him. So um, now I guess to get into the philosophy of it, there's two kind of like ways, I guess, in sci-fi that you can preserve somebody in a synthetic body. You can either 
take their organic mind and transfer it within the same system to a new host, a la Ghost in the Shell, um, where it's basically your brain and you're in a synthetic cage. Um, do I think that's what happened in Picard? No. I think, obviously, you can see in the Golem is like, there's like some kind of stru like structure going on up there already. Um, did they basically transfer like the consciousness itself into a holding room until they could prep the golem? I think that's what happened. So, um, the combination of the oh, and then there's the the camp that's like, well, I'm just gonna make a copy of myself and then. Once I die, then that can just be turned on. But your consciousness, when you when you were when you die, is gone. That is done. So it's a different consciousness that's turning on. So you won't experience that like awakening. It will just be a different copy of you doing that. Um, and I think in this case, it was kind of like we they didn't explain it all that well, but. I will say my argument stands in that the Picard we knew and loved is dead. And this is a different Picard. Okay. So I'm done. This is <laughs> Yeah, Dak, take a drink. Okay, so to me, it's not just the body that makes you who you are. Your experiences, your thoughts, feelings, emotions, uh, personality, th those things are just put into, into a vessel, into a body. If, if I were to have, have all of my experiences, et cetera, et cetera, who I am, transferred into another physical body, to, to me, my, my opinion on the matter would be that it, it's, it's still me and that I didn't die because I still have everything that, that was me except for the body. And then the body is just a vessel. So you're, you're right. <clears throat> the, the body that has the, uh, the artificial heart in it is, is gone the body that was assimilated is gone. Uh, that, that, that body that had whatever physical scars or trauma, whatever it is, that's, that's gone. That body is gone. But what we have is we have a person who is, has all the experiences, the experiences, thoughts, feelings, emotions, that that is Picard just put into a different physical vessel. So when you ask the question, at least me, that did Picard die? And is this a, a different Picard? Okay, yes and no. I, I don't, just because that body is lost to me is, is not the only qualifier of him still being him. As, as far as everyone knows, is, is that that this is still Jean-Luc Picard because it's the summation of 
who he is, not just a body. So that's, and, and, and that's where the, the philosophical part of it rests with me is now, mm-hmm. now had, had he come out of the whole thing and <clears throat> excuse me, had he come out of the whole thing and uh, did not have any of the experiences, none of the the knowledge, the emotions, the characterizations, if it was basically he looked like Jean-Luc Picard, but for all intents and purposes was just this starting from scratch uh, artificial intelligence, then yes, I would tell you that no, no, just because he looks like him physically doesn't mean that's that's him because uh, essentially he was just born today. Mm-hmm. But that's that wasn't the case. It, it it wasn't a who am I? Why am I in this in this body? It was he's still who he was. He went through all those things, all those experiences. This is still the same person that. Uh, that had to try twice to get into the academy, uh, Starfleet Academy. This is the same person that took command of the Stargazer at uh, at an early age. The same man that was the captain of the Enterprise D. Uh, the same man who lost his brother and his nephew in that in that fire, as depicted in Star Trek Generations. Uh, same man that was. Assimilated, all of it from when he was born to now. It's the same person. It's just a, just a different body. It could have been a body that looked nothing like him. And I would still argue to say that that's Jean-Luc Picard. Um, I think that's a very apt assessment. For sure. And I think a, a kind of an episode we could look back at that assesses um, this in an interesting way is Tapestry, mm-hmm. um, where Picard is dying and he regrets the choices he made that led to where he is. So Q takes him back and says, here, you didn't do it. This is your life if you hadn't have done that. And he decides I'm going to get stabbed through the heart <laughs> because it's going to be, it's going to get me where I was. And I, lo- I love where I was. Um, so I think there's, there's arguments to be made on both ends of it. Um, but I think Picard towed the line of the middle. And if you believe that someone is more than just their body, then yes, I can understand that. Um, personally, my beliefs are that you, it's like a synergism. It's not that there aren't two parts. It's just that they work together to make you yourself. And so. Okay. Why wouldn't you be you if you were in, an identical body that just happened to be synthetic. Why, why wouldn't you consider yourself still Watney? Well, I, okay. Um, I have a hereditary kidney disease Mm -hmm. and that has really 
put mortality into perspective for me. Mm -hmm. So um, I would say a lot of who I am and a lot of the contemplation I've done in my life is a result of the fact that I'm, I don't have a normal kidney system. So you have physical um, traits that help define who you are. Yeah. Like for sure. I, and I think coming to terms with that is like part of loving yourself mm -hmm. in a way, because like, no matter how, how you try to twist it, like you're stuck in your body. <laughs> right. And yeah. your body is stuck with you. And I think that viewing them as separate, while I don't necessarily believe that your soul like could dies when you die, I think that your, your body definitely is part of the, place you're at now and that that's important okay okay yeah i can i i think that's a very that's a very good way of of looking at it and that's that's just where i'm at i'm i'm in that camp where i can look at this person who's now a synth and and say that he's still jean-luc picard yeah. That, that Picard didn't quote unquote die. He I'm not saying it's not Picard. I'm saying the combination of Picard that we love. Right. Yes. For through throughout TNG, throughout the films, throughout the first season of Picard, that person is gone. This is Picard, but this is like a different Picard. Mm -hmm. One that's not ailed by the same things. Um, right. although it's really weird if you, by the way, just to have this out there in the universe, if I ever die and you put me in a synth body, make it a fucking sexy ass one and <laughs> make me live forever, please. Like what if you the put hell? me in the same body, I'm going to be, if you put me in the same body and give me 10 years in it, I'm like, what the hell are you doing? Gerardi? <laughs> I know. Knock all, it off woman. I'm on you all know kinds of enhancements. Yeah. Also did. They just single-handedly solve like mortality in Picard. Did they I create guess. immortality? <laughs> well, I, I mean, I mean, we could have put him on a transporter with some of his younger DNA and beamed that into him and made him thirty years younger. Oh again. my god! Oh, not the transporter thing. Hey, okay, a natural Zeke. selection. That's a natural <laughs> selection. Season two, Pulaski. Yeah, yeah. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah! I remember that where she gets stuck on the planet and they have to like, yeah, get out of her or something. With the sexy clone bodies. So let's 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 talk about that then. So let's talk about the ramifications of this. Have they have they cracked immortality? Do they have a way now where um, people can can have make backups or make. Uh, you know, make a backup of their their mind, their memories, consciousness, and if they were to die, have a have a golem ready for them, a new body to transfer into. Is is that Watney. where we're going? Watney, are you thinking altered carbon? Like I'm thinking altered carbon. Oh, the stacks. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yeah. Jay, um, Big Jay, that? have you have you watched Alter Carbon? I, I have not seen Alter okay. Carbon. So Alter Carbon is a cyberpunk dystopia future mm -hmm. wherein. Um, you basically 
your whole mind and soul is on this little like thing this big okay and it sticks into the back of your neck and uploads into the the body the body is called the sleeve right yeah and then this the soul is called a stack okay and so there's the you know you have like the normal like middle class people lower class people that do not only have one sleeve their whole life. When they die, they die. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, then you have people who die, but they can afford a new one, a new body, but it's not like a good one. It's marred with like illness. It was like, you know, there's problems with it. And then you have the ultra rich who just keep growing new bodies for themselves okay is is this the show with uh oh, what's the guy's name who was in suicide squad yes was yeah, the, Tim. you know who i'm talking about right oh the, God, the yeah, military guy oh yeah. that ultra carbon so that's he, that show. yeah okay. so he's the main character in it mm -hmm. but um it's like it's basically a, a it's a mystery because the ultra richest guy has been murdered I'm going to write something. this down. Yeah. He's been mystery. murdered, but his body was murdered. <laughs> and so his stack is still there and he's like put himself in a new one uh -huh. and he's hiring someone to solve his murder for him. Um, It's super good. It's a super good show. There's a lot of nudity. So just be ready for that. But I'm in. <laughs> sold. 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 It's. I, I kind of right? wanted to spoil a part because I think it's relevant to the discussion that we're okay. having. Well, now, now okay. I'm going to watch it because there's uh, nudity. Yeah. All right, can. go ahead and spoil. Um, it's really good. You'll still but, watch but it. The idea yeah. of the idea of taking whatever essence of Picard and putting it in this golem. It, it, you you can you could theorize you go what if Picard actually somehow magically made a crazy miraculous recovery after this procedure would the body would his body still be dead because his essence had been transferred into the golem or would he wake up and would there be two of him effectively and altered carbon addresses this there is a scene in which a character shows up with two sleeves. Their stack has been copied and it's in two sleeves and they exist side by side. And they have memories up to a certain point from the time they were created. Mm -hmm. And the law mandates, mandates that one of them has to die. And I'm not going to go too into detail wow. on the, the details of that, but the, okay. just the concept that they can exist side by side independently. Um, that leads me to be reluctant about the integrity of the entity that is now possessing the golem. I can give, I can give all the reaches and, and suspensions of disbelief just to say, yeah, okay, this happened. But when I really think about the existentialism of it, is the body, you know, the, the biological host to the spirit, the soul, the essence, the consciousness, however you want to define that, if the body is crucial to that, and you take a copy of that and put it somewhere else, is it the copy? Is it 
the actual essence. You know, the matrix talks on that and says, if your mind dies in the matrix, your body dies in real life. Mm -hmm. The body cannot exist without the mind. So that theory would say that as soon as Picard's essence was transported into this golem, even if the body had a miraculous recovery, it would still be dead because the essence is gone. So there are all way, uh, kinds of ways to look at it. Um, Does it matter if that essence was copied and pasted as opposed to cut and pasted? Well, if we talk about it, if we talk about a copy and paste, think about multiplicity. There's mm -hmm. four of those. There's four different Michael Keatons. Mm -hmm. and make a copy of a copy it's not quite as well why michael keaton yeah michael keaton was um, in multiplicity oh yeah. the okay, actor. Mm -hmm. okay. so yeah the, <laughs> so the concepts are many and varied and i i would like to just throw out there q wouldn't let that happen to jean Picard. <laughs> period okay. I, period I can, I can you know he loves him yes. you, know, you know he loves him um yeah oh. but def definitely watch alder carbon big j oh, I, I will please I will. oh my gosh and then let me know what you think because it's like a wild ride. It's a wild ride. It is. It, it we, I mean, it's bloody. It's mm -hmm. sexy. It's really well thought the out. The world building's amazing. The sets are amazing. The costumes are amazing. And the acting is pretty good, too. Well, um, it, so. it, it, I like stuff like that. It, it kind of also reminds me of the uh, the surrogates, uh, the Bruce Willis yeah. movie. Uh, um, so, Wani, basically, in society in, in the future, uh, people don't leave their homes basically they they hook into this thing uh that transfers their their mind their consciousness into a body a, a, a synthetic body and that's how they carry out their their day-to-day -day stuff oh, yeah. and then when they're done for the day they unhook from the body and then they're back into their their regular bodies um so yeah if you haven't seen that it, if you haven't seen it and you want to see something that kind of addresses the same sort of topic i would yeah. highly recommend the the surrogate yeah that was that was a good one humanism yes yes well and, and that's so that's the thing that i i wonder because it it appeared that by this point um well i know uh, uh anton soon said that he was more of a, a, a the body guy and and Bruce Maddox was the uh you know the the, the mind right. and brain scanning guy so assuming that Gerardi is able to get up to speed and learn that role to where Gerardi and Soong are able to continue producing these golems I do think that 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 raises a very interesting ethical question there is, is that now when when someone dies do you take that that mind that that consciousness the knowledge experience transferred into a into another body the other thing to think about is are we talking about mass producing this is it that this is only reserved for special class of people Mm -hmm. uh, is, yes. is it just you're talking, you know, high ranking officials or, or admirals? Yes. Um, 
Okay, yeah. so it, it's not going to be something that, well, and you can't logistically make it a, an option for just everyone because then you're talking you would need billions potentially of, of these things. So what, yeah, what's the ethical I, I, and moral dilemma there is is that, okay, so we, we've solved uh, the, 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 we've got the ability now to, um, to cheat death but who gets to have it? Yeah. And it's also who wants it because that's a big thing in altered carbon is the religious people who are left, um, have like coding in the stack so that if they die, there's like instructions not to reupload them because they don't believe in reanimation. Okay. Um, they call it spinning up. They don't believe in being spun up again. Okay. All right. So and that's fine. That's their choice. Okay. Yeah. It's, it's a very interesting um, piece of yeah. the plot. So I definitely think choice is a very important thing to consider here is, you know, if this technology became available and people chose to use it, would it be okay to let them? Absolutely. It would be okay if somebody chose not to. And does it, is there a point in society where everybody's doing it, choosing not to is weird? Yeah, Picard didn't choose it. Well, and I'm not, I'm, I'm not saying that someone would have it forced on them. I'm just saying if you have a, a large majority of, and, and hell, we're just, we're talking about, are we talking about just Earth? Are we talking about... Uh, it's exclusive to Federation members. Is this technology they share with the Klingons? What's left of the Romulans, Cardassians? If 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 someone wants it, if you if you have twenty people who want it, but you only got one golem ready to go, how do you how do you start how do you start playing God there? How do you decide who gets it and who and who doesn't? And and that yeah. that has opened up an entirely different can of worms there. And, and I think a very, very dangerous can of worms when you're talking about immortality, because you're playing God now. And now you're talking about, I've got this lineup of, of 20 people that want to, uh, to, to, you know, re-upload into this body. I've got one body. So who gets to decide that? Who, who's deciding that? And under what criteria are, are they, I guess, supposedly, doing that is there some kind of committee or a council now that, that says all right well you know fill out this form tell us what your what your value to society is mm -hmm. uh you know why should this person get it not that it, it just i th i think that this is another one of those things that it it helped the plot sure but the, the 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 kind of questions and issues it it opens are um, yeah I did I just I don't I don't think that there was a lot of forethought into well what are we introducing into into canon now we're we're, we're introducing a way that uh, we could possibly have have this immortality and how's it going to be dealt with. Well, I think the obvious answer is that it's not. 
this this is there's not going to be much of anything i think discussed on this in season in the two show? In, the oh, show. No. in the show no 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 right no no no, no. the show's not going oh no in. they'll they'll follow the uh the trend of uh here's the thing don't talk about it don't think about it audience yeah. well we did a number of those things i mean in threshold we went to warp 10 discovered that you do really funky things to your biology but the doctor fixed it so why didn't we just do warp 10 until we got back to earth and have the doctor fix it and star oh. trek into darkness con augment blood heals everything including crazy radiation including uh, death yeah and we have somehow we have transport transporters so why do we even need starships anymore mm -hmm. there's all kinds of, of super tech that gets introduced for one bit and then we we brush it under the rug because you can't have your your deus ex machina solving everything in the first five minutes of the story yeah and that's because and and honestly you shouldn't create the the need for one anyway with the stakes being like where are you going to go season two right the stakes of the universe have already been won. Yep. Like, okay, let's see what you got. I'll be really happy if they go back to just like regular Trek stuff, just discovering. Maybe go I'll to Andromeda or something. I don't know. I want to show you guys this cool animation. Okay. Okay. Oh. Aww, oh, you cool. oh, Wow, that's nice. <laughs> I just thought that was smooth. That was smooth. That is smooth. Yes, yes, that was sharp. <gasps> we can totally keep talking about it. I just thought it was cool to do that. No, no, I've said everything I need to about Picard. I think Big J, I'm sorry, it wasn't a little more. No, you, you know, I'm. For you. <laughs> I was, yeah, I was wanting the table slap, and but that that's okay. Got a got a little bit. Uh, no, honestly, I th I'm ready to put that baby <clears throat> that baby to bed we've yeah. we've thoroughly gone through season one of of picard i just no I, I feel like there's right yeah yeah i i feel like we've done more than our due diligence on that we've mm -hmm. we've got new star trek to start thinking about of course there's season three of discovery there is strange new world that's going to be coming up and then of course whatever happens in star trek from from here to there so I, I, yeah, I put it all out there, said it all. Yeah, I think we've definitely um, given Picard a fair shot. So don't anybody say we didn't. Right. Because we did. We right. definitely did. Uh, yep. Before, I, what I'd like to end with uh, uh, some predictions on season two, if, oh. if we could. Uh, but bef before before that, to get your thoughts together, uh, Watney, do you have enough energy to tell our listeners and viewers where else they can find <laughs> us all on the interwebs? Yeah, so you can find us on um, a number of different places. Uh, Acre.fm, all of our audio broadcasts are syndicated there. So um, if you're watching us, if you want to listen, you can find us there. And if you're listening and you want to watch us, you can find us on YouTube, Beyond Trek Podcast, Beyond Trek Productions. That'll get you there. Um, and then we have a Patreon, of course. Um, we would love your support there. Patreon.com slash Beyond Trek. We also have a Twitter. That's where we're the most active. It's at Beyond Trek Pod. And uh, we have a Facebook, Beyond Trek Productions. Like us. 
chat us up, say hello online, tell us what your predictions are. We would love to know. And see if you can beat me at trivia. Oh, yes. 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 The big question. Okay, predictions, Dag. Yep. Oh, predictions for season two. Um, well, you know, there's some spoilers about casting that we've already known and talked about, but Whoopi Goldberg uh, has accepted to return in Picard season two as Guinan. Um, I'm not so sure as much of predictions as hopes, but I would like to see some kind of emotional moment where Guinan and Troy separately or in the, maybe in the same room sort of acknowledge together the entity that is in front of them that is Picard. <gasps> Troy said she, oh, I just got chills! Troy, <laughs> Troy said she couldn't, she couldn't read Soji, which implies that Tro, Troy won't be able to read Picard. And that has to be something that's super jarring for Troy, who has come to, you know, just... That is why I say Picard's dead. Right. You know, no, it, because it, it's it's going to be scary for Troy. That connection is, that. you know, and does everybody in that universe, you know, just like us, we all kind of debated back and forth about is he dead? Is he not dead? But does everybody in that universe just go along with the fact that, oh, my buddy got transferred to a new body. No birdie about it. Well, just it's cool. It would be interesting to see some exploration of that and and some exploration of Picard's trying to identify with who he is now you know the weight of his heart isn't there anymore the the physical scars from his assimilation and and torture at the hands of the Cardassian those aren't there anymore he doesn't have to live with the physical burdens but is there like a, a sense of uh, phantom scar phantom pain syndrome mm -hmm. that you know, his consciousness was so aware of that as a part of who and what he lived with his whole life since those events. Is it still there? Or is he suddenly like, whoa, I don't, that, that extra weight in my chest is gone because I have an organic heart again. It's not made of duratanium. That would be something I'd like to see. Mm -hmm. Here's... Here's what I'm thinking, and this is definitely what I would like to see, and it's a long shot. So we, we talked about the, uh, the stakes kind of keep inflating and we, we keep uh, overcoming the, the, the big stakes. So do we try to go bigger or go smaller with that? And... My thought, and, and this was kind of made more so when Whoopi Goldberg accepted uh, the role of Guinan in, in season two, and of course, John Delancey is, is one of the ones that if anyone could have any character who's, who's owed their return to the franchise, for sure, I don't think anyone could argue uh, that Q doesn't deserve it uh you know he definitely should should be there i think if anyone deserves a return it's q because q and, and picard just they just have this this connection that i think would be would be perfect for 
getting into this next season, especially with, with Guinan being a part of it. And this was my thought. This is, this is my crazy thought on what they could do with that. Um, cause of, of course, obviously, you know, John Lancey's older, uh, you know, he, he comes back as, as Q and a lot of people have said, well, what he'll do is he'll, uh, you know, Q will snap his fingers and make himself look older, just like Picard is. So that way they can match up with, uh, with, with the age. What I'd like to see, and this is a, this is a crazy one, but that there is some kind of alien race could be from another galaxy or another time, something, but they're able to, to hunt down and, and kill Q. There is some thing that they see around the Q, some kind of aura that helps identify them and the Q are being hunted. They don't know why they don't know how these, these aliens or whatever it may be are able to do this. And Q has to make himself human again in order to avoid detection. And he needs Picard's help in saving the continuum. So now you've got Picard being asked to save the remaining Q in the Q continuum. And of course, Guyne is mixing there somewhere. I know it's crazy. It's, it's certainly very probably very fanboyish, but I think that would, that would be a, a, a neat way of getting Q on Picard's level. No, doesn't have any, none of the omnipotence, uh, you know, the, the powers he's on the run, he's on the run, he's in hiding. And, and basically he tells John Luke, you owe me, I need your help. You owe me. And so, yeah, I, I don't know. That's, I'm sure we won't get that at all. <laughs> Please. But that would be, yeah, that would be sweet. That'd be awesome. That would be cool. So. Yeah. Yeah. But. um, Anything else? No. No other predictions? Um, Did have any? What's that? Did Watney have any? What's what is that? Oh, the crystal, the crystal ball. ball. The crystal I ball Rios. I predict that um, Rafi and Seven will have a tumultuous relationship. Mm-hmm. I predict that Elnor is going to be like the kid in that relationship. <laughs> and he's going to make them like not fight. <laughs> be like you guys are being stupid and like runs off um i predict that uh gerardi and rios relationship is gonna be rough too i don't know why i just get a feeling you think yeah we're talking and... about the lady hooked up with the dude after <laughs> after she killed her lover yeah that's gonna be awkward as a starter for a relationship um I feel like we got the news that Narissa and Narek are not returning. That's that's right. Yeah. So that saddens me to the pits of darkness that I cannot describe. <laughs> <laughs> um, so none of my predictions can unfortunately involve them. Um, 
I think Picard is going to get like, he's going to really enjoy the new body. Um, I think that and hope that his acting is going to be like a lot more Picardy because I felt very much so in the first season, like he was like kind of like, I feel like, as Bilbo said, I feel like too little butter spread over too much bread. <laughs> um, I felt like that a lot. <laughs> I felt like that a lot um, in the first season. So I feel like too much. I feel like too little butter spread over too much bread. I'm going to use that. Yeah. I like that. I like that phrase. Okay. Well. Um. What else? I don't know if I have any plot predictions um, necessarily, like big story predictions, um, but I am interested in primarily two characters. I'm interested in Rafi and I'm interested in Elnor. And after that, whatever. <laughs> Rios is a third, a close third, but my two main babies are Rafi and Rios. So, Rafi and Elnor, I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. Rafi and Elnor. So, that's all I've got. All but right. I think we've honestly hashed out Picard to death. So, if, listeners, if you've stuck with us as far, expect other content from here on out you should be commended <laughs> if you suck you with us this if far if you stuck with us this far um <laughs> message me on discord because i want to meet you <laughs> smash that like button <laughs> yeah so yes there there's going to be more content coming uh just some things that we'll have coming up of course uh we'll start getting yeah. into talking about discovery season three the future i would say from BTP, stay tuned to future episodes of Tech with Tato, Fragged. Uh, I think Jay, we talked about doing some more episodes of Rift Tracks. Mm -hmm. Yeah, where we sit and watch an episode of one of the shred. series together and just shred it. And there, there's the uh, the game show. You still working on the Nth Degree? Uh, the Nth Degree. The trivia show that I would like to host once I figure out a good platform for questions with internet lag. <laughs> right. So yeah, so That's basically real. for for Beyond Trek Productions, there's a lot of stuff that we'll have coming up. It won't just be the main Beyond Trek podcast. There'll be other stuff that we'll be doing under Beyond Trek Productions, some exciting things. Mm -hmm. And uh so yeah, you'll you'll still see us. So Again, thank you for everyone that stuck with us through the retrospective. Live long and prosper. Live long and prosper. And I'm going to go upload myself into a new body because I'm wore out. I'm old. Especially after Watney <laughs> me reminded next. me that I'm old as shit. Me next. I'm just going to go assimilate dinner. <laughs> <laughs> we are Beyond Trek Podcast. Lower your inhibitions and surrender your years. We will add inspirational and hilarious trip content to your day.